0: Welcome. Happy Mother's Day. Good. Thank you. Oh, thanks. Uh, my name's Colin. If I've not met you before, it'd be great to chat to you over morning tea afterwards. Um, I wonder, have you ever found yourself to be much better off than you thought you were? You know, like, I, like a, I like a Kit Kat. You know when you think you've had three fingers of Kit Kat, you go back to the packet and you've only had two, two more to go. Or maybe you've just recently um, dug out one of your winter jackets, you know, it's getting a bit colder. And as well, you reach in the pocket and you find, uh, you know, your notes on Isaiah from last year's sermon. And 20 books. yeah, better off than I thought it was. Um, I'm just going to show you a little clip so you get serious for a moment. Look at this clip of Mr. Bean. So Mr. Bean's been packing his case, and it's a very small case. Going into extreme measures to fit everything in because what he doesn't realize is that he's got much more available to him than he thought. Let's have a look at that. Good old Mr. Bean, eh? See, Mr. Bean didn't realise just how much more room he had. How much more was available to him. And today's passage that Lawrence just read to us um, is a prayer. It's a prayer that we may know God better. um, Know that we know better all that we have in Jesus. So, how about I pray um, that we'll do just that. Heavenly Father, thanks for your word. Please... um, uh, help us to concentrate on these words from in the Bible just now. Please help us through it to get to know you better and know better all the blessings we have in Jesus. Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. So just to get you up to speed where, where we're up to, um, this is our second in our series. of looking at this letter from the Apostle Paul, an eyewitness of Jesus, and he's writing from prison to Christians in a place called Ephesus in, in modern-day Turkey. And Ephesus was a regional capital, right? Not just a regional capital of the Roman Empire, but also of sort of pagan religion. So especially worship of um, a goddess called Diana or Artemis. Um, so like superstition, spells, sorcery, all that kind of thing that was part of the society there. Uh, and these, these religions that the Ephesian Christians had been saved out of, it was, it was really uncertain. So you never quite really knew if you'd done enough to please your, the gods. You never quite knew if you'd, if you'd picked the right powerful enough for, um, god or spell to rely on to deal with your current problem. So we just bear that certainty in mind um, as we see what Paul's got to say to the Christians who lived there. Um, today's passage was started at verse 15, and it starts with, for this reason. So, for what reason? So, the reason is that God has blessed the Ephesians, new Christians there. Um, if you flick back to chapter 1, verse 3, um, he's blessed them with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And so, um, we've looked at those... Um, those blessings last week. So, uh, chosen before creation for holiness, predestined to be adopted, uh, one of God's children. Um, We're uh, redeemed and forgiven, sins paid for. um, And also the mystery of God's plans being revealed, that everything's headed towards one glorious reality. God's master plan, everything united under Christ. And the Ephesians, like us, were included in that plan, God's grand plan, when they heard the gospel, when they believed it, and so they were marked with the whole, God's Holy Spirit, so guaranteeing our salvation. Um, there's an outline in your leaflets there, uh, so, and it helped you and it helped me if you keep your Bibles open. I just want you to do a slight alteration to your outline. I've had, a cl- had a, another think about it and a close look at it. So, under hope... If you just add a point, sort of maybe two-thirds between that and the next point, add inheritance. All right. So keep your Bibles open. It's always good to keep going back to the text. and I did that this week. Um, and I found um, Paul has like kind of writing this letter as bullet points. Um, he uses the words what is, as kind of bullet points says, what is your hope, what is your inheritance, and what is the power. And I kind of, kind of include inheritance in hope. Anyway, put inheritance there. All will be clear. So, yeah, it's always good to keep going back to the text. So, keep doing that. All right, so our first point faith, love, and knowledge. Um, and be- because the Ephesian Christians, because of us, we have all these blessings in Christ, these spiritual blessings, Paul gives thanks for them and he prays for them. And just a few things to notice about that first verse. So, Notice he's thankful for their faith in Jesus. So there's lots of faith around in Ephesus, but it, it, it's, not, it's not enough that we have just any old faith. But just like in Ephesus, um, we have lots of ideas and religions inviting us to put our faith in them. But Paul clears the decks and says, If you really want to have faith in, in the one true and living God, you must have faith in Jesus. So not in the old faith, faith in Jesus. But notice also how his faith is worked out with love for all God's people. One of the big themes in Ephesians is just how central um, churches is to God's master plan of unifying everything under Christ. And I don't mean church like the institution or a denomination, but local churches, real people, real Christians loving one another. Just like us lot here today. Never anywhere in the Bible do you get the idea that following Jesus is a solo activity. Part of the reason God saved you is to be with other believers and to love them. So this here, today, this morning, this is important. This is significant. Uh, eternally, uh, in earth and in the heavenly realms, it's important, Significant. And also, we shouldn't miss the obvious here. Verse 16, Paul prays. It's a prayer. Now, we saw last week in verse 11 that God brings everything into conformity with his will. So what what God says happens. And Paul knows this. He's an eyewitness of Jesus. But Paul prays. So it seems however God works... um, Uh, It's still the case that we should ask him for stuff. Um, God is sovereign. What he wills happens. But it works in such a way that there are things that won't happen unless we ask him for them. Um, I learned something at men's conference yesterday. So, um, think about this. We're going to talk about our hope, our future hope in a moment. And part of that is this from Revelation 22. I think we've got the um, verses on the screen. This is how things will be for us when Jesus returns. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun for the Lord God will give them light. And here it is. And they will reign forever and ever. They will reign Christians will reign with God forever. And it's not a typo. There is not a typo. And, and Rory, the speaker yesterday, described prayer as, as um, driving with your L plates for reigning with God. So getting involved in God's will. I think that's a good way of thinking of it. So Paul's thankful for their faith and love. And he prays that God would help them to know God and the blessings that he brings. Verse 17 I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Because back in uh, chapter one, verse three, if you look at that again, it, it looked like this letter to the Ephesians could be a really short one. They've been given every spiritual blessing in Christ. Full stop. Thanks very much. Off you go. That would be all right, wouldn't it? So, What else do they need? And what about us? We're we're saved. We're united under Christ already, we're told. And here at Trinity Bay, we're always on about how we're saved by Christ alone, by faith alone. And Mark will talk more about that um, next week, from next week's passage. Um, I wonder, do you ever come here and think, you hear us preach and teach and wonder, what more do they want from me? The same saved, completely saved by faith alone. What more do they want? Well, in one sense, nothing more. Paul isn't asking for us to receive new spiritual blessings. So we needn't waste our time seeking new goodies from God. We, like Paul, pray and teach and love one another um, so that we know God better. So that we know God and his blessings better. Um, so a good way of thinking about it is think of marriage. Okay, so here's a picture of Sharon and I. This is my wife Sharon and me on our wedding day. Yeah, hair never really suited me. I, I was <laughs> glad, it, glad it went in the end. Um, and here's a more recent one. Yeah, it's quite obvious who's aged better. You be. So in one way those pictures are identical, Uh, not just Sharon's good looks, but in both pictures, we're married. So we're just as married in the first one as we are in the second one. But our knowledge of each other and our knowledge of what marriage is, is better. And it gets better every day. It'd get better a lot faster if I was a better listener, but Our knowledge of each other and what marriage is is better. Uh, That word for knowing, verse 17, is kind of to know something clearly and distinctly as true and valid. Uh, And not just head knowledge. Verse 18 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know. So in other words, um, that you know at the core of who you are, um, who God is and what he's given you. And there are three things in particular Paul prays that we know. Hope, uh, inheritance uh, and power. So let's go with hope first. So the first thing we need to know better is hope. Verse 17. The hope to which he has called us. That is the certain knowledge that we are chosen before time. Predestined to be Adopted. So I wonder, do you think about heaven much? If you think back on the last week, how much have you thought about heaven and how things will be after you die? Paul prays that we know better that we will enjoy eternity in perfect relationship with God. uh, Enjoying God's perfect love and goodness as one of his children. Uh, And all that stuff we saw in Revelation 22. Uh, We get to call God Father all our worries taken care of, all our guilt dealt with, our sins forgiven, declared perfect in Jesus. But I think in, in today's world, we get put off thinking about heaven. like Phrases, pie in the sky when you die, and head in the clouds, they're not generally used as positive phrases. So we can be afraid of being so heavenly minded that, that we're of no u- earthly use. But from Paul's point of view, unless you are heavenly minded, you're of no earthly use. And here's three reasons why. So three reasons it's good to think on heavenly things and know better our hope. So first, if we don't think of the real heaven that awaits us, we'll be tempted to try and make heaven on earth. So if we don't think of heaven, we're tempted to try and make heaven on earth. If we keep our eyes and hearts fixed on Jesus, we'll keep growing in our love for him. Growing in our appreciation and satisfaction in all that he's won for us. And that will be more than enough. uh, The most fulfilling life. But if we forget how good we have it, uh, we'll seek fulfillment in other ways. uh, And we'll build up our own heart idols. Comfort. Uh, approval, power, control. They can become what we fix our hearts on. Uh, We can start believing, instead of believing the gospel of Jesus, we can start believing the gospel of those gods, thinking that their offering is better news. And that's just not true. Knowing our heavenly hope will mean knowing the superior joy that Jesus gives us by grace. And stop anything else taking his place. So fix on heaven. Stop you building up other idols. Secondly. As, as we do grow in our knowledge of God. And his blessings. We come to hate sin more and more. And this will lead us to repentance. Turning from sin toward God. And that's a good thing. But. If we lose, our, lose sight of our hope. Our future hope. If we have repentance without rejoicing, we'll despair. So rather, as we repent, rejoicing in the forgiveness Jesus brings us, knowing he will present us perfect before God, we're encouraged, loving Jesus even more, because we know how much we've been forgiven. And that then causes us to turn from sin even more, pursuing godly living out of thankfulness, not out of guilt or obligation. So it's good to look forward to our hope because otherwise we'll try and make our own heaven uh, and because we need to repent and rejoice to avoid being discouraged. And thirdly, if we don't know the hope that we're destined for, we'll fail to plan for it. So if you want to be a nurse or or a a lawyer, um, you'll go through tough things like placements and exams and courses, not for a laugh, but For the future benefit of those things, because you're planning, that's what you want to do in the future. The trouble is for for us, um, in Ecclesiastes we find out that humans are made with eternity in our hearts. So we've all got um, uh, ambitions and desires so enormous that they would take eternity to satisfy them. So we're all in danger of spending our whole lives slaving away, desperately trying to be satisfied uh, only to get to the end and find that we never were. But when we know we have an eternity of complete satisfaction with God ahead of us, we don't need to worry that we'll miss out on anything we don't get around to in this life. We've got an eternity to catch up. And the more we know this, the freer we can live our earthly lives. Free from trying to generate our own satisfaction. Free to pursue God's purposes. Which ironically are altogether more satisfying anyway. So do you know the great hope you have? It's important that you do. Pray that you'll know it better. Know it in your heart. So that's hope. Now inheritance. Inheritance. So verse 18, Inheritance, Paul prays that we would know better just how precious we are to God. Uh, That he'd know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. So we had a quick, quick look at this last week. We, God's people, Christians, are God's inheritance. So God cares for you and loves you so much that he sees you... As his treasured possession. We're we're not a people he just tolerates in heaven. You know. Sort of begrudgingly letting us in on his plans. No. God loved us in eternity to be adopted into his family. uh, Choosing us to be holy and blameless. Through sheer sheer undeserved grace. Uh, Us with him. Saved by Jesus. For the praise of his glory. That that's God's prize. That it's what He sees as His real treasure, from all creation. Uh, when I was a little boy, if I'd done something, I'd done something wrong. Uh, Mum was telling me, you know, something like, "You're a very naughty boy. You're, you're really naughty." Going to say, "What what are you?" And I said, "A treasure." So I'd obviously picked up from Mum what she more often called me than a naughty boy, a treasure. Is that how you see yourself? As God's treasure? It's important that you do. Pray that you will know it better. Know it in your heart. So hope, inheritance and power Uh, Paul prays um, that we'll know, verse 19, God's, God's incomparably great power for us who believe. And this is the same power, verse 20, that not only raised Jesus from the dead, as we heard in the kids' talk, but also exalted Jesus to share God's throne, ruling over the whole universe. That's the power available to us to get us through. But you might say, Colin, look, you don't know what I'm like. Power? Look, if you followed me around this week, you'd see I'm the weakest Christian around. You know, some people at work or school don't even know I'm a Christian. And there are sins I just don't seem able to shake off. Power? I don't feel like I've got any Power? Well, let me tell you, this power has already been at work in you. Now, I don't want to steal Mark's thunder. Mark's preaching next week and on the next passage. But we'll have a sneak peek. This power of God has already raised us from being dead in our sins. If you look at chapter 2, verse 1. And to being made, 2, verse 5, being made alive in Christ when we were converted. Do you know that? Do you know that you were dead? And Christ has made you alive. And if God can do that, he can make sure you endure to the end. Now having every spiritual blessing doesn't mean that this life is going to be easy. I mean, Paul's writing this letter from prison. In fact, living as a Christian in the face of most of the world ignoring or rejecting God It is a miracle we keep going, but we can, we will keep going, because we have the enormous power of God available to us. By this same power, Jesus, in verse 21, is ruling over every name and authority that is or ever will be. God's put Jesus over everything. Why? Verse 22, for his church for our sake and then verse 23 verse 23 is complicated um, in the original Greek but it means that Jesus is head over all things, he's exercising his rule over all of them he's filling them Um, because the Ephesians said would have grown up knowing fear always fearing how powerful one spirit or another power was and Paul wants them to know and he wants us to know that Jesus He's more powerful than all of them, than anything. And not only that, he fills the church in a special way, with his spirit, with grace and gifts, his fullness. So all of that is to say this power means we're safe. We're safe if we stay part of Jesus' church, which he fills with himself by his spirit. So don't try going it alone alone. Don't give up gathering together. We're meant to go through this part of God's plan for everything to be united under Christ together as church. And as we do, we've got nothing to be frightened of. Jesus is exalted, ruling over everything. His enemies at his feet. This power of God available to us also means that our battle against sin and the devil is not hopeless. If it was all down towards it, it'd be pretty hopeless. Yeah. I mean, we can stop ourselves doing the wrong thing for a short time with, with guilt or, or rules, guilt and shame and rules. And I was another thing we at the men's conference yesterday. Guilt is a good is a good thing, but it's like a warning sign. You know, so it's like if you touch a hot plate and you pull your hand away. So guilt is good for warning us to our sin, but it's not a good transformer of our hearts. Paul's prayer is that we know better in our hearts this power that that God has done it all for us. That God's made us alive in Christ. And as we grow in knowing and feeling that, our love of God will grow and our hatred of sin will grow. None of us are going to be perfect this side of death or Jesus' return. But we will become more godly, more and more against sin. As God transforms us by his power, giving us his mighty strength to resist sin. If you do have an ongoing battle with a particular sin, have you asked God to help you with it? And just look at the power available to you. And I'd ask, could it be that the sin hasn't actually got a grip on you, but you're hanging on to it? Let go of it. Repent of it. Ask God for that power that he wants you to know more. So this power means we're safe in church. It means our battle for, for sin against sin isn't hopeless. And thirdly, this sense, of, this sense of struggle that we have, it can make us feel like we need something else. Uh, some churches teach that we need a, a second blessing, or, or some second receiving of God's Holy Spirit. Well, that's not what Paul prays for, is it, in this passage? No, we know um, we already have God's Holy Spirit. He's marked you with a seal when you believed. Paul prays, what Paul actually prays is that we know better the blessings that we already have. So it's like a baby, all right? So when young Heidi was born last week, David, um, she was perfect, but they would have counted all her finger and toes, make sure that everything's there. You know, one nose, ten fingers, ten toes. She's got everything she needs; it's all there. But she needs to grow. She needs to learn and experience uh, to know how to use it all. Uh, it's going to be some years. I'm sorry, it's going to be some years before she's useful and she can do work around the house and things like that. She needs to learn and experience and know how to use everything she's got. And she needs to do that in in a loving, nurturing family. And that's what we need to do. We have everything we need. And we're born into God's family, complete, fully pleasing to him in Christ. Everything Everything we need is there in potential. Waiting to be nurtured and understood and exercised together as church as we get to know God and his blessings better together so do you know God's power for you it's important that you do pray that you'll know it better know it in your heart so we're safe by God's mighty power in his church which Jesus fills by his spirit our battle against sin is not hopeless because we've got the power Of God available to us, and we already have all the blessings we need. So, to conclude, just to finish up, give thanks to God for every spiritual blessing we have in Christ, and pray that you'll know better the hope you have ahead of you, growing your love of God, transforming you. Pray that you'll know how valued you are, that you are God's treasure. And pray that you'll know and have confidence in the power available to you. Let's pray that together now. Heavenly Father, thank you that we have every blessing, every spiritual blessing in Christ. Thank you that we are included in your plan to bring everything under Christ. Uh, Please help us as we go into the week to um, have our eyes fixed on you and know better and know Deep in the depths of who we are. The hope we had have ahead of us. Uh, and transform us with that. Um, please help us to know just how valued we are by you. Please help us to see ourselves as your treasure. And please help us to have confidence in your mighty power. To transform us and keep us going till the end. In Jesus name. Amen.